back, baby. It's David James Young here, back for another year of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, uh, subscribing. However you may be experiencing this, uh, you may be listening on Stitcher, you might be listening on SoundCloud, you might be listening through your podcasting app uh, on your phone, you might have subscribed through iTunes, you may well be listening uh, for the first time ever on AU Radio, that's right, uh, from here on in. All the episodes of this podcast are going to be up on AU Radio, playing on 9pm Sundays and getting repeated through the week as well. You can go to radio.theaureview.com for more information on that. But yes, we are back in more than just pug form, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, For those of you listening in for the first time, and uh, maybe you're a bit curious as to what's going on, I'm David James Young. I am a freelance music writer and journalist and critic and podcaster uh, based out of Australia. I have been writing uh, for several publications, including The Brag and Music Feeds, Faster Louder, Blunt Mag and Hysteria, among others, for the better part of eight years now. And uh, in my time as a music fan, which spreads back to as far as I can remember, I have come to know some really wonderful and really interesting people through the world of music. So, last year I decided to start this podcast in which I spoke to people that I knew and that I was friends with about their experiences in terms of getting exposed to music starting to play music, and starting to tour their music. We've had 36 awesome episodes so far with 36 great guests from all different walks of life, and we are looking to expand even further this year. This year we have our first ever international guests. We have some really cool people from outside of the usual rock and punk sort of area. We have some really really cool things coming up this year. I'm really stoked that you're checking this out. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this year of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Okay, so there's a few things we need to talk about before we get into this week's episode. I know that you are raring to hear it, but just quickly hear me out. Firstly, All My Friends Are In Bar Bands is now on Patreon. That's right. Uh, If you are enjoying this podcast and you want to throw in a little bit of financial support in order to keep it up online and help keep the show free, then please head over to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash barbands, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S, and there you can donate as little as $1.00. As much as $50, if you're feeling particularly fancy, I I, I don't assume that you are, but you never know. You never know who could be listening to this. And, uh, yeah, we'll be able to uh, keep this show running, and uh, I will be able to thank you directly for your support. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to keep this going over the next year or so, and, and years to come, indeed. We've also picked up our first ever sponsor for the podcast in the form of the Sad Girls Club. Some of you might remember having Rachel Maria Cox and SM who headed up the Sad Girls Club tour last year. Well, the collective is continuing and there will be another Sad Girls Fest this year. 
Sad Girls Club is a New South Wales-based collective. It operates as a DIY record label, and it focuses on giving non-males a voice and a space in their local music scene. So, uh, if you're interested in that and uh, you want to check out what they are up to, there's more information and uh, some pretty cool content over at sadgirlsclub.com. That's sad, G-R-R-R-L-S, club.com. All my friends are in Bar Bands is also now on Twitter. You can follow along at Bar Bands Pod. So B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. And that can also be where you find us in the realm of email. If you want to get anything plugged on the podcast or if you want to ask about a future guest or an episode or anything like that, uh, please get in contact uh, at barbandspod at gmail.com. Huge, huge, huge guest to kick us off for this year. It is the wonderful, the incredibly talented, and the very, very sweet and kind Courtney Barnett. I have known Courtney for quite a few years, so not to get old before it was cool, but I have definitely known Courtney for a really, really long time, and I'm really excited that we were finally able to line this one up. A shout out and thank you to Nick O'Byrne from Lookout Kid uh, for his help in making this one happen, and of course a massive thank you to Milk Records, uh, who represent Courtney and uh, put out Courtney's music an incredible uh, DIY label in Melbourne. They are putting out a compilation EP uh, later in the month, and that is called Good For You, and it features brand new tracks from Courtney Barnett, Jen Cloa, Fraser A. Gorman, The Finks, East Brunswick All Girls Choir, and Ouch My Face. And all six of those bands are heading out on a national tour together in support of that EP. It's pretty exciting stuff. So if you are interested, head over to milkrecords.com.au where you can find the tour dates and ticket links. Anyway, I digress. Courtney, we spoke with uh, at the back of the Enmore Theatre where Courtney was playing a sold-out show with some other friends of mine. Will Wagner, a previous guest on this podcast. Go back to episode four if you want to hear my chat with him. And Cloud Control, who I am hoping to have on the podcast a bit later on in the year while they are completing work on their third studio album. Courtney was really generous with her time and uh, provided a really interesting and in-depth exploration of her love of music and uh, the kind of trajectory that it's taken, especially over the last few years. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you again so much for the support. Uh, The Patreon is live and uh, we'll be kicking with the usual sort of thing that involves uh, the Patreon supporters starting next week with a very, very special international guest who I will be revealing uh, very, very soon. But in the meantime, let's focus on this week's episodes. Let's sit down, let's sit and think, if you will, with my friend, Courtney Barnett. Enjoy!
everyone, I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in Barbants. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Courtney Barnett. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm really good, yeah. You've had a very, very busy week, haven't you? you just come from a, a girls' rock camp in Canberra. How was that? It was really fun. I've heard about the girls' rock camp in America, yeah. and, um, and this was the first one in Australia, and um, me and Jen were contacted and asked if we wanted to be part of it, yeah. and, and I was like, yes, yeah. it looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we went along, and um, yeah, we kind of did like a, a kind of songwriting class and a um, how to run a record label yeah, class wow. and did a little show. It was cool. That's so awesome. So uh, who are you going to be taking out on tour next out of those lot? Um, Did you have a favourite? They had some really awesome names. Um, Actually, this one, I've got a badge. They were called Jesus and the Virgin Marys. Nice! This is like 10 to 17 year olds. That's so sweet. They've got this badge that has um, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Yep. Or what would Jimi Hendrix do? Of course. Um, They're interchangeable. But there were some really good band names like... uh, the Screaming Moths, Mum, It's Just a Phase. Um, <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah, it was good. That's so awesome. We're backstage at the Anmore Theatre where uh, Courtney is about to play the biggest show she's ever played in Sydney along with uh, her incredible band, The CD3. And uh, we were just talking about this. It's two years on from selling out Good God. Mm-hmm. We've gone from Good God to Oxford Art Factory to the Metro and now we're here. Like, uh, I, I can't imagine it, it still feels real to you at all. Like, the fact that it's just grown and grown and grown over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> even, I mean, even before that, like, I was driving down the road before and I drove past Kelly's on King. Oh, sure, yeah. Did that place? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That was my first ever solo gig in Sydney. No shit. Yeah, I did an open mic night there. When I moved from Hobart to Melbourne, yeah. I kind of spent, I went via Sydney, like a right, yeah, yeah. roundabout way, and stayed with my auntie and uncle for a couple of weeks, and I mm-hmm. um, booked myself all these shows. Well, they were open mics, but sure, like, yeah. you know, I just like booked one every night and went went crazy. And I think that was the first one. Girls and King, yeah. Wow. How old were you at that point? Mm, like 20. Yeah, right. Yeah. God damn, time flies, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, we met for the first time about, I want to say, six, maybe seven years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. This was in Wollongong. Yep. This was at uh, the, long, uh, the long and dearly departed Oxford Tavern. Uh, I was playing guitar and drums uh, with uh, my friend and uh, uh, also previous guest of the podcast, Mr. Brendan McLean. Mm-hmm. And you were playing as a two-piece uh, with uh, your uh, your friend Oliver. Uh-huh. Um, and you were still living in Hobart at that point, if I recall correctly? Um, um, you might have just moved? I think we had just moved to Melbourne. Yeah, we had, because that kind of mini tour, we, that was part of this tour that I organised yeah. up to Brisbane. Yeah, and yeah. back again. And you, I don't think you even had anything out at that point. Uh, we, did, no. did the Olivettes have anything out at that point? No, no, no that was before then. Yeah. Um, so me and Ollie, yeah, we just played a bunch of a bunch of my songs. He had some great songs. I think we played some of them, but it was kind of oh, I don't, I don't even remember. I think I made at one point I made some recordings and, yeah, um, sure. and sold them as like a CDR, you know, like yeah. A, um, for like two bucks or something. Oh, shows. wow. 
but I think I only made about 20 of them. And, yeah. and then oh, they'd be collecting <laughs> items by now, surely they're going. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was probably, yeah, six years ago or something. Unreal, hey. Tell us a little bit about putting that tour together. That was like one of the first like proper like little DIY runs that you did as well, wasn't it? It's pretty hard to organise a tour. And oh, sure. I remember it was it was just really stressful. We we drove the whole way, and I just had this you know really grand idea of what was going to happen, and we took some friends along, and um, and I just kind of booked anywhere that would have us. Like yeah. we, we played out the front of a fish and chip store like you know cafes and yeah like most of them were not real venues we played one venue in um maybe it was adelaide that had like it they just had the boxing on the tv above us where we were standing yeah, right. and people were just ignoring us watching the boxing we were like this sucks it was Poor. pretty like heartbreaking to her <laughs> how did you come across ollie like how did you guys uh, start playing music together well we went to the same in hobart um, I went to a girl's school. He went to the boy version. Of, oh, right, you know, yeah. The, the brother school or whatever yep, school. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, um, but I think he was one year below me. But when I went to university in, in Hobart, mm-hmm. his mum was my drawing lecturer. Me and her got on really well. Like, we're still friends. And um, and she was always like, oh, you play music. My son plays music. Oliver. You sh-. And, and yeah. when I was moving to Melbourne, she was like... Oliver's moving to Melbourne. You should catch up and play music. And yeah. I was like, sure, whatever. And then, and then we finally caught up, and and um, and we kind of sat around playing songs to each other. And he he showed me some of his songs, and I was like, what? Like to this day, I, I still think he writes some of the best songs going around. And he does the Finks now, which yeah, is like yeah, yeah, Milk Records, yeah. So I don't know if you've heard some of that stuff, but he's great, and he records everything at home, and he's like really shy he never will, will take my compliments <laughs> but um but I think he's one of the best songwriters and so yeah we started playing music together and uh, yeah that was that and then and then he moved to Spain for a year right doing like one of those uh I don't know whatever it's called like, like an exchange you, thing yeah, yeah. And, you, and I think he was teaching over there so right sure so that's when we kind of stopped playing together and maybe I did more solo stuff or maybe that's when I got the all of it together yeah right right that. yeah <laughs> oh it all it, it all just blurs into mm. one doesn't it <laughs> after a yeah. while tell us about uh, your interest in music originally like uh, how it originally like uh Evolved from just hearing music or like watching it on Rage or I don't know maybe your parents like got you into music or whatever. Going from that to being like, oh, I actually want to do this, you know. Yeah. So, so you grew up in you grew up in Sydney, uh huh. Yeah, um, whereabouts? You were in the Northern Beaches, Church Point. Church Point. Yeah. Right, and you're the you're the only one in, in. Do you have siblings? I got one older brother, four years older. And he probably kind of showed me the majority of my music, you know. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, older brother, you know, look up to. And we had a neighbour um, who was my brother's age, so they were friends. And he um, would make us mixtapes. Right. And that was kind of our first introduction to, like, you know, music, music that wasn't like mum and dad's jazz and classical um Records. Oh, so you, so you so, didn't you didn't go through the the parents' record collection at all? Well, yeah, we did. But it, like the most exciting thing they had was ABBA. Um, <laughs> they had like no hidden Hendrix or Beatles or anything. Not even rumors. 
Come on. No. I, I thought you were issued rumours as soon as you became a parent. No. I mean, if only. No, but looking back, they actually had cool shit. Like, they had oh, yeah, dad sure. had of, like, Brubeck and, like, Billie Holiday. And oh, wow. Sure, show. yeah. So I used to listen to that with him, which was cool. When did you start playing guitar? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was 10-ish. Did you pick up any instruments growing up? Like, did you have piano lessons or anything like that? Or was it straight into guitar? Straight into guitar, pretty much. Like, I wanted to play drums and saxophone and trumpet and everything. Yeah. (laughs) But guitar... I think I was always interested in guitar. I just... We never had one at home. Right, So I always just had to play someone else's, like, when we went to a family friend's for dinner or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I finally got one, I don't know, a couple of years after that or something. How old were you when you got your first one? Maybe maybe 12 or 13. Maybe yeah, when right. I started high school, I think um, I combined a couple of Christmas and birthday presents and got a guitar. <laughs> did you start learning uh, right-handed at all or did, did you always know that you had to play left-handed? I, I like held it left-handed, but um, my first guitar that, that I got was yeah. left-handed, but all of these years of playing other people's guitars yeah. were always right-handed. So, so, so you, do you still know how to play upside down? Yeah, yeah, I have to. Like, yeah, have yeah. To. Just, oh, yeah, of course. You're gonna adapt, don't you? <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny that like that's how I learned how to play guitar. So when you when you gave me your left handed guitar at that show, I, just because I wanted to check it out, I was just like, oh wait, I can't actually play this. <laughs> I can't play a left handed guitar. It's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's, it's kind of hard, but I'm used to it now. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Now that now that you've been playing for so long, like yeah. It, yeah, it gets stuck in your head. So, did you have any bands in high school? Were you kind of like influenced to start writing your own stuff around that age, or like uh, when did that sort of come about? No, I joined like the school jazz band and like the, whatever was available at school. Yeah. And, um, but I was always really shy. I just kind of turned my volume on my guitar down. So oh no really? Yeah. And then I was always really keen on starting a rock band. Yeah, and, like, right. music class and stuff, but no one else was really into it as much as I was. So it never like a couple of things like we kind of just got together and played some covers and stuff. But, yeah, what kind of stuff? Oh, like Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers, of course. Nirvana. Uh, probably some Nirvana. Um, and then there was lots of like that early two thousands, like um, Three Doors Down. Oh yeah, shit, uh, Kryptonite. Yeah, Kryptonite. What else? <laughs> some, you know, some classic. Oh yeah, some yeah, classic yeah. Classic stuff. Raging as a machine and stuff. All, all of that was happening then. And then when I finished school in Hobart, like finished grade twelve. Yeah, yeah. We we started a cover band. Some of my friends that we started playing at pubs. Sick. And like actually making some money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the band called? Chameleon. Nice. Yeah. Like. That. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) You brought this up when you uh, opened for Billy Bragg at the Opera House. Can you tell us about uh, playing on that stage? Yeah, I did. That's right. I did someone's HSC piece, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in, yeah, grade 12, and I was in, I don't know, maybe seven or eight. Oh, no kidding. And they got an ensemble together to to play her HSC piece. Mm. And yeah, for some reason I was part of it, but I was so nervous and kind of not very good at what I was doing I, yeah. I think again I might have turned down my guitar <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I hardly remember that as, I remember like we stole a light bulb from the dressing room as a memento because we were like well, we're playing the opera house yeah man like 
we're never going to come back here again. We're going to take a memento. It's like, <laughs> oh, a very gonna... like 13 year old thing to oh, do. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they're going to be pissed once they find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think growing up in Sydney, well, anywhere, I guess in Australia, especially, but yeah, you know, it's such a huge deal. To offer yeah. 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 And, totally. And my mom, you know, before she had kids, she was a ballet dancer and like they, you know, just, kind of everyone was always talking about how amazing it was and and like sometimes we'd go and see ballet there and I don't know it was just this really you know huge far away kind of yeah possibility yeah yeah yeah. and uh so that night was it was just really surreal it was really nerve-wracking it was kind of one of the biggest most prestigious places you could play in Australia yeah I was like shitting myself (laughs) <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> what was your first quote-unquote rock gig? Where did, Do you remember where you were, how old you were? Was it one of those, like, uh, pub places, like, with the cover band, or...? I think before... Oh, no. Yeah, maybe the cover band was one of the first kind of pub shows. I think I started yeah. doing solo stuff just after that, because I remember we did it at that place yeah right somewhere but yeah so it, that might have been it and then yeah. and then my first solo shows were like open mikey kind of um around hobart yeah so when did you move to hobart when i was 15 16 i think right halfway through grade 10 right yeah so why'd you move like uh, was it just a family related thing yeah mum and dad just um wanted to move <laughs> I think I think they it's a weird kind of sea change isn't it yeah. I can imagine yeah it was especially at that it was like pretty age, stressful yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was I was very dramatic about it but I think they were just like over you know mum worked in the city in the city which yeah. is like a two hour commute or something and, yeah yeah and there was like all these you know million dollar houses going up around us I think they were just sick of like the change of what was happening because yeah. we just lived in like this little kind of house and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think yeah we moved to like this big beautiful like kind of house half you know out of the city with like heaps of trees and it was chill it was good oh that's awesome did you find much of it obviously uh, that's where you started to perform under your own name and stuff yeah. like that so did you find a, a good community of people around that area people that were interested in the same sort of stuff as you did you find, was it was it easier to find those kind of people than when you were growing up uh, I think it was just a different you know until then I was just in school sure so yeah 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 it was you know, no one really knows what they're... Well, I didn't, anyway. Mm. When I was at school, I was, like, changing my mind every five minutes about what I wanted to do. When I was in Hobart, I think when I finished school and started uni, yeah, I made some friends from share houses and stuff who played original music and, you know, they, they put on their own gigs and, and all that kind of stuff. So that was probably, yeah, you know, they all kind of inspired and encouraged me to, to do my own shows yeah yeah when I turned 18 one of my first gigs I think was Magic Dirt in Hobart and that was like a pub show like I was two meters away from Adelita like I was right at the front yeah and I think she jumped into the crowd and like put when she stepped down she put her hand on my friend's shoulder and we were like whoa Adelita just touching on the shoulder (laughs) (laughs) and it was like the closest we'd kind of been to to you know like, yeah. like real music yeah, yeah, totally. yeah 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 that's it, seemed, it always seems so 
you know, impossible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How do you find the, like, local, like, uh, the venues and stuff like that? Were they kind of, were they wary of, like, this this young, like, like 19, 20-year-old kid trying to get shows and stuff like that? Or were they kind of like, absolutely, come in and, you know, show us what you got? It was, I mean, it's always different. Like, it's always, sometimes people who run those nights are like, you know, people who are really interested in music and helping people and... And, and and they're just really positive and supportive mm, of anyone sure, yeah. and and um, you know, sometimes you get like some grumpy old guy who like runs the bar and doesn't wanna like hear about you. Yeah. So it's always different. It was always yeah, there were there were years there where it was like you're just like hustling around to, to try and play your music somewhere, anywhere, you're not making any money. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> scrounging around but you know, it was kind of fun. My confidence slowly started building and, um, you know, I'd invite my friends to, like, every single show I did and yeah. and they'd be there like, oh, yeah, cool, this song <laughs> Just again. Like, oh, it's the tenth time I've seen you this morning. Yeah. You know, like, Come on. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a slow... Uh, slow process oh yeah totally yeah did Melbourne just seem like the obvious place like was that like the kind of like was that the kind of place you dream of like growing up in a place like Hobart where you're just like that's where all the stuff is happening that's where I need to be um I don't really remember majorly having that thought because yeah my friends at the time lots were from Hobart but lots of people at uni came from like Melbourne or Sydney sure, or Perth yeah. or something yeah, to Hobart. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. like, what? Like, what are you doing coming from there to Hobart? It's yeah. such a weird... But they were like, well, we heard the course is really good. And yeah, sure. So when I moved to Melbourne, it was... It, number one, it was mostly because I was just like You'd 20 or something. Yeah. I was just like itching to... To get out, yeah, sure. To yeah. just do... It, like, just to have a change. Yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, yeah, that age, 20, doing the same kind of thing and, and just being like I'm bored I want to do something <laughs> yeah <laughs> so absolutely why not move to Melbourne <laughs> so you had two notable uh, acts before you kind of properly took off with the solo stuff um, mm. so tell us about the Olivettes first um, tell us about how about that came about well I'd been doing the solo stuff so like by myself and then with Oliver yeah yeah and then still and then again as myself and then but all that time, I'd kind of... I'd always been trying to get a band, like, since yeah. I was in high school. And not to get a band for me, like, just to start a band. Yeah, just to hang out. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Just the idea like of a, it. Like, from yeah. the band. And then it never happened, so I was like, okay, I'll just be Courtney Barnett. And I'll sing some songs. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then I finally, like, I moved in the share house and I started making... Oh, and I worked in a pub that was had, like, music and so started meeting all these musicians. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, started making friends and I was like, hey, do you want to, like, play bass in the thing? And and um, and um so we started kind of playing the songs that I'd been performing under my name and I was like, let's let's be a band. Let's, like, have a band name. Yeah. But, um... So we did, like, a bunch of shows. We did some residencies and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I think maybe we did, like, one tour. I think we played at Good God. Or maybe not. We did something. But it just never worked. Like, everyone was always... Everyone played in just other bands. Just logistics, yeah. Yeah, it, it was just, like, hard. And someone moved away. and <laughs> So then it just, like, fell apart. And I yeah, just yeah. kept doing what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Immigrant Union? Tell us a little bit about uh, getting involved with that for the first time. So some of the same friends from the kind of that circle of people that I started hanging out with. Pete, my friend who played bass in Olivet, he was old friends with Rob. 
because they um, grew up in Benalla. Like a bunch of them grew yeah, up in Benalla. Yeah, 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 sure. And, um, and so we just all started hanging out and then uh, we'd go watch them sometimes. Brent, the you know, one of the singers, guitarists, he yeah, had yeah. to fill in. Um, no, he had to go and play at a friend's wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, right. But they already had this gig booked. So they were like, Brent was like, how about you fill in for me? Like play my guitar parts, sing my harmonies. Um, at the Immigrant Union show and then you know then both things can still happen and yeah. I was like cool okay yeah so I kind of already knew half the songs and um, so we did this gig at the old bar with me doing Brent yeah 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 <laughs> um, and and that was fun and then I think I don't know I think one night he I was hanging out with him and Rob and they were like you should join the band play slide guitar I think they'd gone through a couple of members and I was like, I can't play slide. <laughs> and they were like, sure you can. So, yeah, we like kind of booked a, a jam mm. for a week later. And in the meantime, I like taught myself how to play some slide guitar. And then the first jam was sick. And then we nice. played the band. And that's when I met David Bones. Right. Because they were like... That was David, the rhythm David section at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of met them half one at a couple of gigs. And like Rob just lived around the corner from me. And we we're all just the same neighborhood yeah were you aware of like Brent's uh, day job so to speak did, did you realize like halfway through it was just like I know you from somewhere <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, yeah, did it, like, or did it always just seem like oh he's just one of the guys you know? yeah no because like Rob was friends with him and he was like oh this is my friend Brent like he plays in, and I'm like I'm a big fan of the dandies so I was yeah. like oh cool wow and then yeah. so, first, first time meeting someone like that we were like oh my god like, yeah but then he's you know, a fucking awesome yeah, legend, yeah, yeah. a normal guy. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like, you know, we quickly became really good buddies and and playing in that band was awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. It was fun as. Are you the type to get starstruck? I mean, you mentioned, like, fanning out over Adelita before and I'm sure you've done a bunch of stuff with her since. Yeah. Know? Well, yeah, I think it's just that idea of, yeah, when I was younger, definitely. Like, I yeah. remember Sarah Blasco came and played at the Republic in Hobart. Yeah, and, sure, um, yeah. And I, um, like, huge fan. I still am a huge fan of that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And went up to get my ticket signed at the uh, merch desk afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was so nervous. I was like, hello, um, could you please sign my ticket? And she's like, of course. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks. And I went to walk off. And she's like, and she was trying to, like, chat with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just say, like, she was like, she's so, like that, isn't she? um, you know, so how hard, did you yeah. hear about the show? Or, like, did you have a fun night? And I was just like, oh! What? Do you, like, <laughs> you want to keep talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, yeah. what? Me? Like, <laughs> so what? <laughs> so, yeah. And I was like, wow, she's so nice. Yeah. And then I think over, slowly over time, I mean, it's, if it's like someone massive, and it's weird, like, we meet so many people now, and it's, yeah, you can't shake that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, they're just, cool normal people who happen to make really amazingly great music yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and are kind of legends but at the same time you know they've got like kids and they're just yeah trudging they, they have a life away from all of that yeah yeah absolutely I think that's one of the tr- things I've tried to uncover a lot with this podcast is just like 
well, you know them for this stuff and this stuff, but there's, you know, this whole other side to them as well, you know? Like, I think that's important for people to realise whenever they're just like, oh my god, that's, you know, a person. I'm just like, yeah, it's just a person. Just, yeah. you know, you can talk to them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a video or anything. Like, they can see you and they can interact yeah, yeah. with you and stuff like that. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. It's, yeah. A, it's a funny thing. Yeah, it totally is. Um, so, I guess the the last few years have seen the 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 solo stuff really kind of exponentially grow. Like uh, it's like I like I was saying before, like uh, going from playing Good God Talks at Art Factory, Brighton Harp, and you know just moving up and up and up, and you know now we're here, you know, at the fucking Edmore of all places, like, yeah, place where I've seen so many of my favorite bands over the years, and now finally get to see you guys, you know, play this place. Like, um, at what point did you kind of? Notice that there was like a, a bit more of an interest developing, or just like you know, after so many years of pl- kicking around in bands and doing the smaller stuff, you were just like, Oh, people actually want to come and see what I'm doing, you know, like there's something to what what I'm doing and what, what I'm making. Well, when we went to um, CMJ for the first time to New York, um, yeah, that was a pretty, um, I don't know, from, from then. I mean, that was kind of our first international thing, so yeah. that kind of started a whole other was wave that of something. 2013? 2012? Mm, I'm trying 19? to remember. I think it was 2013. It was October, so it was, yeah, that seems right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because I remember we hadn't seen each other for like a couple of years, and then we saw each other at the Vanguard at the, I think it was 2011 or 20, it was 2012. Yeah, so you were you were opening for Jen, and but then uh, there was something for Kate. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 2013. What about Big Scary? Oh, did you go to that show? No, I don't think I did. Something for Kate was kind of the first big like Australian tour that we that we did, and then were you a four piece on that tour? I can't mm. remember. I I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were. Well, that's when I met Bones, and that's when I met Dave. Was Lockie playing guitar with you on that tour, or um, was someone else? It was um oh Al was doing I was doing some of it and then he Alex used to play the Merry Creek Pickers and then oh, they yeah, yeah. they had a festival or something so he had to pull out of the whole Queensland run which mm. was like maybe three or four shows so that's when I asked Dan Luscombe yeah if he would do it that yeah. was something okay <laughs> yeah yeah that and was then a great after story, that yeah. we went overseas I think oh no and then Big Scary the Big Scary tour came along and um and um we we had to do it as a three piece because no one else was available like yeah. I think Al was overseas and Dan was I don't know drone drone stuff yeah or, um something and and I was freaking out because like up until then I hadn't really done the three piece yeah 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 actually I don't think we had at all and I was like how am I gonna play all the guitar all the, all the guitar parts like, yeah gonna, yeah how am I going to make my guitar sound good enough to... And um, and I got really freaked out. And then I was like, well, just practice and yeah, yeah. hope for the fucking best. Yeah. And then we did it and it was... Um, I loved it, you know? I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like the really freedom of it, yeah. empowering to just like shred all these solos and um, kind of go between the, the two... Because I, I kind of go between like the rhythm and the lead and... And it was, yeah, it was just a lot more exciting. Yeah. And, like, the, the power of a three-piece yeah, was, yeah. was awesome. I believe so. it was uh, Robert Forster who uh, once wrote a little article called The Ten Rules of Rock and Roll. And the first <laughs> one was, uh, there is uh, no greater expression of rock and roll than the three-piece. <laughs> 
And that guy knows what he's talking about. Oh, <laughs> it was fucking Robert nice. Foster, for God's sake. <laughs> Foster, rather. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. In- international touring has been, like, a big part of the last few years for you guys. Like, yeah. uh, has, has that been bizarre? Like, even in places that English isn't even the primary language where people, like, know the words to your songs yeah. and, you know, coming out to shows and stuff like that. What's that experience been like for you guys? It's just been strange. Strange sure, bit, yeah. right? You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because... Yeah, none of it. Oh, David travelled a bit, but me and Bones had never even left Australia. And really, yeah. Yeah, and and it was and it was just like this whole new thing, and then playing these shows and people turning up to your shows, and then yeah, people singing along to your lyrics. It was like it was just really kind of surreal, and yeah, to go somewhere like Germany and there's all these people stand there singing your songs and. They're all smoking inside, and you're yeah. like, what's going on? Where are we? Yeah, yeah. I feel like such a little, like, Australian... Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the little Australian Little bubble. fish, big pond, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, what, um, was the, what was the biggest, like, cultural shock for you? Like, uh, uh, where did you turn up and, like, what the fuck is going on here? Nothing really, like, I mean... That, that hasn't happened, you know, today, I think? I think that we're all pretty, um... You know, like totally open-minded people. Sure, yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. Whatever, like we just kind of roll with whatever happens, and you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything because it's like you just go places, you meet people, and you just do their thing because you know you're in their town. You just and adapt. It's like, yeah, it's like all right. Well, this is happening. Yeah, and people are always so nice. Like occasionally, you know, there's some terrible people around, but yeah. most of the people that we seem to attract or be around are yeah. really lovely people. Yeah, so it's it's really, um, you know, I feel really lucky for that. For that, yeah, hundred percent. Has it been one of those things where? You feel like even, you know, like I said, slugging it out here for years and, you know, just playing the tiny, like, dive bars and stuff like that. And then the international attention comes and then suddenly there's, you know, more interest of, like, it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we've been seeing her for years. It's just like, no, you haven't. I've never <laughs> seen you at a show before in my life. <laughs> just that weird sort of, like, uh, it's ours, it's ours, you know, we made this, yeah. you know. It's, it's that weird kind of nationalism. But then at the same time, as soon as, you know, like, stuff like the J Award happens or you go on Fallon or whatever, it's just like, oh, pff, oh, she doesn't deserve that or whatever. It's just like, it's just such a weird culture that we breed where yeah. we're supposed to be super, super proud, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, do well, but don't do too well. Don't do too well. You know, it's just like, what the fuck do you want from us, you know? Yeah, it's confusing. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out that stuff. It's hard to not take some of it too personally you know but then mm. it's like well it's just people's own thing like it's it's I don't know some sort of insecurity or um, you know I guess we all do it to some extent but yeah it gets pretty pretty over the top yeah. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst one I saw was uh, the I think the very first comment when it was announced that um, uh, Sit and Think was the, won the J Award the comment literally just read R.I.P. Australian music and I went are you fucking kidding me like Jesus Christ like obviously obviously you know like no one Led Zeppelin didn't write tunes that everybody liked yeah. <laughs> they left that to the Bee Gees um, but like it's one of those things where you're just like you know you're not going to please everyone but at the same time it's just like what the fuck is your problem you yeah. know yeah uh, 
Who wants to please everyone? Yeah, exactly. As well? <laughs> I mean, Courtney Barnett didn't write tunes that everybody liked. She left that, <laughs> she left that to Guy Sebastian. <laughs> You're at a point now where you know you've you've got pretty much the whole fucking world watching. You know, like this is at a point where you can play pretty comfortably in like decent theaters pretty much everywhere. And like, uh, I can't imagine that's something you take for granted after you know fucking ten years of of, of kicking around and you know and and even like like you said like growing up wanting to be in a rock band. You yeah, know, yeah, you know, like. You, you're you're like at the stage where you're pretty much a commodity. Like, how does that feel? Like looking out and like seeing that, like the audience is getting bigger and bigger every every time you come through and do tours and stuff. It's a crazy feeling. Yeah, there's definitely that gratefulness, and you know, you feel so lucky to be able to do that as you kind of inverted commas job. Yeah, um, yeah. Every night, um, and then sometimes you know, it's just like it's still that weird. Um, you know, emo- like it follows your emotional state. If you're having a bad day, you probably have, a, you might have a bad show, and then it's like this weird kind of topsy turvy world. And yeah. You think everyone hates you, yeah, and then the yeah. next night it's like, oh great, I love doing this again. But at the end of all of that, you kind of take, like, I don't know, take a step outside of it and just realize that every time you get on a stage and you sing your own songs mm. to anyone who's listening like no matter how big it is it's amazing yeah it's a really lucky like place to be in yeah <laughs> before we finish up I had to ask you, uh, about uh, two uh, acts that you've had the pleasure of touring with over the yes. last couple of years uh, uh, firstly Billy Bragg because obviously that's a that's a huge like iconic figure of guitar music and folk music and even rock music over the past you know like 30-40 years or so like uh how, how was that experience for you, especially like going back to playing solo for that tour yeah, as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was scary because we'd just done those two tours I talked about before as the band. And yeah, it was, it was, I was just so out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Once I get like, once I got used to this new thing. But yeah, again, it was kind of, um, it felt great. Like it sure. was scary, yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the nerves that I took on stage were these new. Um, and because they were such big venues as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I had a short set, so I was kind of confident that, you know, I only had to play a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll do my best songs and I'll just say this one thing. Yeah. Hopefully people laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. And then that's my impression yeah. made and, and then, you know, maybe they'll like those songs, maybe mm. they won't, I'm not sure. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So... But then, you know, so the shows, I really enjoyed them all, actually. The crowd was really um, supportive and, and great. Yeah. And then, um, but just, yeah, the, the band was awesome, like, touring with Billy Bragg and his band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and Billy Bragg yeah, was amazing. Like, he was really lovely to me, and um, and we all kind of hung out a bit. And yeah, yeah. So it was really, it was just nice. I was like, yeah. this little kid like kind of tagging, <laughs> tagging along. along yeah Uncle Billy I think they gave me a lift from some, like to Byron where would that like Brisbane to Byron yeah sure yeah yeah and um in their bus and I was like wow <laughs> oh that's so awesome yeah, and uh yeah last year marked the biggest show that you guys have played which was the Madison Square Garden show with, with oh, yeah. Blur yeah. and I I that's 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 a name like on par with like we were talking about how iconic the Sydney Opera House is before like yeah. the Madison Square Gardens a name known all around the world and obviously so is Blur like I can't imagine that was lost on you when you were doing that show yeah that was just 
totally surreal. Yeah. Um, and it was, I know it was great. It was one of those. It was funny because we hadn't played in a while. Yeah, yeah. Like we'd had it was in between tours, and we'd had, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks off, which was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so we were on the plane over, and we were all like, we forgot. Like our first show was um, Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like I think when we. I think we landed, slept, and then it was show day. Yeah, wow. So we were like, fuck, we don't have time to practice. Like, we, And we were all freaking out because we thought we'd all forgotten the songs. I was like, I can't remember any of the lyrics. <laughs> I can't remember like how these songs go. And so um, I like listened to the album on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, <laughs> like, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to remind you myself. You got it, yeah. But, um, yeah, they were great shows. It's, yeah. You know, it's... it's I don't know. Were you, you like sectioned off security wise by them, or did you actually get to meet Damon and the guys? Uh, we met Damon. I think the, maybe the boys met some of the others. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they were cool. Yeah. Just Again, around. another one of those things where you just think in your head, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my yeah. god, oh my god." But really, they're just yeah. like, "Where's catering? I'm yeah. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> When's soundcheck? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the tea lady? Laura <laughs> always have tea ladies. They were cool. They're, yeah. and their crew was real nice. It was, yeah, it was great. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, okay. and I ask this of you as well, Courtney Melanie Barnett. <laughs> I want to know about your best and worst experiences as a performer gig wise so the worst show you've ever played and the best show you've ever played ever oh that's so hard <laughs> um, some people some people are just like well they can rattle a few off the top of the head so it's easy to pick more than one feel free to start on either or yeah some, oh, pe- some, okay. people, some people like to like end on a low note some people like to go on the high note so it's, well, it's your call yep yep okay <laughs> um uh, okay, worst gig off the top of my head. I know that like sometimes we have a gig and it's like that was the worst gig ever. ever. But now I've forgotten them all. <laughs> uh, there was one in America, just outside of New York. It was like um, it was this weird kind of like beach house thing, right? Um, yeah, like really, those really rich people hang around and and we uh, accidentally got really drunk and um, and I was. Yeah, like the drunkest I've ever been in my entire life. Holy shit. And, um, yeah, and then had to play, and I'm like, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I haven't ever done that again. <laughs> it, was, it was an accident, and it was uh, very regrettable. But we did the gig, and it was kind of fun. Nice. And no one seemed to know. <laughs> We've met people since, they're like, that was a great gig, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and we were like, oh. Was it? Really? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was cool. Boyd's <laughs> just like, actually, it was fucking shut up, shut up. <laughs> um, and best gig? Oh, God. It's hard to pick because we've done some amazing gigs as this band. And, sure. And even just, like, solo. You know, like, some of those random things I've done, like the UMI domain. Yeah, that was amazing, thing. yeah. You know, like singing with Archie Roach on the ABC. Oh last yeah, year. that was so cool. Yeah, like just those little one-off things. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And then mm. you know, those big like Madison Square Gardens and yeah. stuff are pretty pretty exciting ones. To yeah, check yeah. Off. So the little things and the big things. Yeah, <laughs> we did a secret show at the old bar a couple of yeah. You heard about that Christmas Eve? Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so so cool. That was good. The album is Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit and you can pick that up through Milk Records who have a new compilation album that's uh, about to come out. Yep, February 14th. Uh, February 14th. 
Uh, so for all the lovers out there, pick that one up for your partner, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon that's a nice Valentine's Day yeah. gift, don't you? Totally. Have you got anything else you would like to plug? Uh... No way, I just love this show. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you, Courtney. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad we finally got to do this. We've Me been too. trying to make this happen for like over a year, so uh-huh. I'm glad we finally... Uh, uh, we got our chickens in a row, I believe is the expression. It finally happened. So thank you so much, Courtney. Bless you. I'm David James Young, and all my friends and This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.